I'm Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I'm sharing on the fact, I believe, especially at this time, that God is calling us to intercede for our nation. And of course I am talking at a key moment in our history as a nation after we have just decided through the referendum to leave the EU. And I want to share today why I believe this is such an important issue, such an important step, and what is, lies ahead, and why it is so vital that we are praying for our nation. Let us start simply by going to 1 Timothy 2, our foundational scripture, and where Paul says, Therefore I exhort first of all, and that this means this is the first priority, whether we realize why or not, the Bible makes it clear. This is of first importance that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And basically, our mission on earth, of course, as the church, is to preach the gospel, to get as many people saved as possible, to disciple all nations. Those are our marching orders. <clears throat> but here, Paul says, it's, for that to be accomplished requires good government, uh, requires peace and order and freedom to, to, to manifest our faith, freedom to preach the gospel. Because in countries where there isn't that freedom, countries that are under heavier domination of the spirits of darkness um, in totalitarian government or controlled by false religions. It's much harder for the gospel to go out than the Christians there have a much harder time personally and in sharing the gospel. And, and so we must pray. We cannot take for granted that we will always have the freedoms we have. In fact, we've already lost many of our freedoms as things have been going, because we have not been praying as we ought to. And we must, first of all, he's saying it's not that you pray occasionally. This is a constant prayer that's needed. We'll, we'll be seeing later in the series that the spiritual realities are that because Adam had, as it were, given Satan uh, the rulership of the world system, therefore the principalities and powers are constantly at work. Now, Jesus' victory over them has made a big difference, but they are still there, still there in place. If we do not pray, then the darkness will prevail. It will get stronger and stronger. But we have a greater power at our disposal, and we can push back the powers of darkness if we rise up and take our place in Christ and rule and reign with Christ. We can push those powers of darkness back, and that will create the conditions that are necessary for the spreading of the gospel, for us to fulfill our purpose. And that's why he says it is of first importance that we pray for all men, for the lost, but particularly for those who are in authority, that the right authorities come into power and that they come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily all going to become Christians, but God's influence will be upon them and Satan's influence upon them will be bound. But that will only happen as we pray. And what we saw last time the reason for that is that God has given man authority in the earth. And through that, Satan has been able to control the darkness of this world. 
And so God needs his people who are in the light to rise up and exercise their place and authority in prayer and to release the power of the Holy Spirit into the earth. And that is going to restrain the powers of darkness. But if we don't pray, then the darkness will take over. And so it is essential that we get a, get a revelation of this and we take our place in prayer for the land. We saw before in Ezekiel 22 verse 30 that God sought for a man who would stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land, this land which deserved judgment. But God wanted a man to stand in that gap and call God, as it were, release God's higher will, which is mercy and blessing. And if there was a man, he could have changed the situation and brought the power of God into the nation. But because there wasn't a man who could do that, God had no basis no, in the earth to actually release his blessing. And so he says, I, but I found none. And therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. Therefore, judgment was necessary. You see, God's justice requires that sin be punished. And if, if that's all there is to it, then a nation will come under darkness and ultimately judgment. But, he says, if I can just find a man, if I can find the intercessors, if they will rise up, they can change the situation, they can change the nation, they can bring the blessing of God on the nation. And God is looking, even as I'm talking to you now, God is looking for a man, for a woman, someone who says, yes, I'll take that responsibility and I'll make myself available to God to be an intercessor. And I want to share about the present time we're in because God has put this very strongly on my heart. We need to understand the condition of our nation and where we stand and why the EU issue is so important. <clears throat> I believe that God has a call and a destiny on this nation. We've seen it in the past. We, though we be a fairly you know, small island, yet if you know our history, we, we have punched <laughs> well above our weight. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, God has used us to spread democracy and to spread the, the Christian faith, the gospel, across the world. God gave us an empire, no doubt, for that purpose. And I'm not saying everything that the British Empire did was right, and there was much that was wrong. But nevertheless, God used that to spread the gospel across the world. And we have a call and a destiny as a nation to be used by God to bring the gospel across the world. Now... We have, in recent times, we have failed in that regard. Before we were the ones sending the missionaries, now we have become the mission field. And the major turning point of that was at the end of World War I. The end of World War, because God in the, before that had definitely used our nation to bless Israel. In fact, the Balfour Declaration, we're coming up to about 100 years from that, in 1917, our recapture of Jerusalem and our promises to Israel to help establish Israel as a nation again in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. This was done through the influence of Christians in power who understood the scriptures and implemented them. And God was using our nation greatly. And God blessed us in, in the sense that he heard our prayers uh, and he fought for us in the world war 
And so why suddenly did our nation fall down very quickly after the World War? And I believe you can understand it through God's foreign, God has a foreign policy. And it's described in Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. God says to Abraham, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And God's plan does not center on the United Kingdom. It centers on Israel. And God has made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God has determined that the rise and fall of nations is determined, firstly, there are other factors, but the primary factor is whether we bless or curse Israel. And we were a blessed nation, but at the end of World War II, we started to forsake our promises to Israel in, in a very shameful way. And I won't go into the details of that. But in our need, if you like, to, to keep the Arab nations happy, and I guess for their oil, we begin to actually not only break our promises to Israel, but fight against the rebirth of Israel. God still did it, and this is where God began to bless America more, because America became then the strong friend of Israel, and we become uh, had a double-minded approach. And as a result, a curse came on our nation at that point, and we very quickly lost our empire. Um, in, a, in a very rapid way. But more than that, we actually began to come under foreign domination. Because when we entered the EU, though our politicians knew all about the fact that the EU was not just an economic trading area, the EU was a political project to, to bring about a united Europe, a federal Europe, a United States of Europe, by stealth, not by, um, not by force, but by stealth, and yet that was hidden from the British people. The British people, when they voted for Europe, thought they were just voting for a free trading area. But of course, as has become obvious over the years, bit by bit, we have come under the, the rule of Europe, of the EU rather, um, where its courts are above our courts, its, its authority to make laws, is over ours, and we've actually come under foreign domination. We've lost our self-governance, our control. Now, in the Bible, using Israel as, a, as an example, in Leviticus 26, this is a manifestation of the curse. Coming under foreign domination is a manifestation of the curse. A nation loses its right to govern itself once it goes under the curse. And that's what happened to Israel. In Leviticus chapter 26, God talks about seven cycles of discipline that Israel would have. And so he said, look, if you sin against me, these curses will come on you. You, you will have opened the door to this to happen. And he says, if you repent, I'll bring you back. But if you don't repent, then it'll get seven times worse. And it, it, there are, uh, sorry, five cycles of discipline. And so it gets worse, it gets worse. If they still don't repent, it gets worse. The fourth cycle of discipline is actually coming under enemy oppression, enemy control. And if they still don't repent, he says, you'll go into the fifth cycle of discipline where you will be cast out of the land. Of course, that happened to Israel 
for much of her time, she was un at the time of Jesus, she was in the fourth cycle of discipline. She was under Roman control. Um, at the time of Daniel, she came under the fourth cycle of discipline, and because she still didn't repent, she was even then cast out of her land and was in captivity to Babylon. That was the fifth cycle of discipline. Um, and so the loss of national sovereignty is actually a manifestation of the curse for turning away from God. And so we have been increasingly under the curse as, as we have, um, because of our own sin, we have done that. And it was a sin to go into the EU, first of all, because it was to be unequally yoked. If I can just explain the background to that statement. And again, we, the young people nowadays particularly are disconnected from British history. But we have a very valuable thing in the British history. You know, it's the, just past the 800th year of the Magna Carta. And enshrined in our whole constitution and law system is the Christian faith. And certain essential um, qualities of democracy that come out of that. And basically, we are a nation, a Christian nation, constitutionally. We, um, we have democ democracy enshrined in that. And so, as originally, it was the power of the king. But even then, the king was under the law of God. But then, of course, another biblical principle through Prost Protestant Christianity, biblical Christianity, another principle came in to balance out the power of the king. Because we are all in the image of God. And that means all of us, in a way, have a measure of authority. And therefore, we ought to have a voice in the government. And so uh, it took a, a lot of bloodshed. But in the end, we came to a balance of powers that that reflected biblical principles. We still, as it were, had a king, but the king or queen's authority was very was was limited. But it we were under the law of God, so both the king and the parliament representing the people, at, you know, un, under the law of God. And so we we had a form of democracy that was Christian, and which acknowledged the Christian faith and the law of God. And, and that was very valuable because it enshrined a true democracy that was based on the Bible. Now, the EU, on the other hand, is a different system altogether. It came out of the French Revolution. In the French Revolution, a different philosophy came forth which rejected God as having anything to do with uh, the government of the nation that one's faith in God was considered just a private thing. And so the philosopher Rousseau laid the foundation for that. And basically, there is no law of God over the nation. There is simply the will of the people. It's the humanistic vision where whatever the collective will of the people is, that is, that is it. Now, that might sound democratic, but you don't have any limits on power there. And what always happens in such a case is who decides the will of the people? And it always happens, whether it's a communistic type government or whatever that rejects God, there is always some dictator that rises up and they decide who, what the will of the people is. And there is no accountability now to the law of God. So this dictator 
has nothing to restrain him. There is no um, Christian faith, there is no law of God that he is subject to. He ends up being a totalitarian dictator and it becomes a very repressive government. And out of Europe you've got the two major factors, both of which are therefore top-down government. First of all is a, the secular humanistic um, philosophy behind the EU which does not acknowledge God, specifically rejects the name of God from, from its councils. So therefore it is decided on a humanistic basis. The laws are decided on a humanistic basis. And secondly, the Roman Catholic model of government, which is very top-down. In other words, the Pope and so on, it comes down from the top. There is no kind of feedback from the people. Um, both of those have controlled, in a way, the way government is set up in the EU. And that's why the EU system of government is, is not democratic. It's anti-democratic, as, as no doubt you know. And therefore, the people have no real voice in the laws that are made by the Commission, which is uh, an independent body, not democratically accountable. And so you've got this system, which is humanistic and undemocratic. And we have yoked ourselves to that, so that we are unequally yoked. And God always condemned uh, Israel when Israel trusted for economic reasons, for safety reasons, they felt vulnerable, and so rather than trusting in God and trusting God to keep their independence, they submitted to a foreign yoke. They made treaties with the Assyrians or the Egyptians or whatever, godless nations, um, out of unbelief. And that actually brought them away, away from God, brought them into greater trouble, rather than trusting God to raise them up. And, to be, and for them to fulfill their call and destiny in the nations. And that's what has happened with Britain. We, we lost confidence in who we were in our, as God has made us to be with the boundaries he's given us with the sea. And, and we have actually given away our calling. And we have bound ourselves to a godless, undemocratic institution. We've violated who, we, who God has made us and brought forth in our Christian heritage. And so we deserved, in a way, that curse. And as a result, we've seen the outworking of the curse on our land, and we've seen the, the decline of Christianity in the nation as a result. And we, because we haven't prayed, we've allowed that to happen. So the fact that now suddenly this referendum has taken place, I believe that was the hand of God. And there is still a residual sense of our identity as a nation that is strong enough, that is stronger than in Europe. And the gospel is stronger here than it is in Europe. And, and there's, there was something in our nation that says, this is not right. We need to rise up and fulfill our call and destiny. And... We, we need to, and, and the fact that we have chosen now to be free from the principality of Europe, I believe is a vital thing. I believe while we continue to submit to the principality of Europe, the spiritual power that's over Europe, you see, above the political powers of man are the spiritual powers. And there's a principality of Europe 
that constantly through history wants to take over and control the whole of Europe, and our nation included. And, and spiritually in the two world wars, we were fighting that principality of Europe. And, and praise God, God gave us that victory. And, and God has always called us to, to, to break the power of that principality of Europe so that the gospel may go forth. Uh, the Bible talks about in the end times, there will be this revived Roman Empire. We'll talk about that next time. That ultimately Antichrist will take control of. And whatever the final shape of, of this empire that Antichrist will take control of, e the EU is part of that uh, final stage. I personally think that Turkey will come in and it will also have a big Islamic element to it. But the EU is definitely part of it. And so a great spiritual darkness is coming over Europe. The Principality of Europe has again been trying, this time by stealth rather than by warfare, to, to take control of us. But I believe that God has called us not to be part of that, but to rise up as a nation and be a light to the nations and fulfill our call and destiny. While we were under that principality of Europe, which we had allowed to happen through our, our lack of prayer, we, our ability to preach the gospel in our own nation and to spread the gospel to the nations was greatly hampered. And I believe it's a wonderful sign of God's mercy on us as a nation that he has heard the prayers of those who have been crying out to him for, for God to restore this nation. He heard those prayers by giving this referendum. And, and I know many of you will have been praying earnestly leading up to the referendum. I know that we have prayed uh, personally and as a church much more than we ever have done before because we saw the magnitude of this event. This is only the first stage. This is the sign that God's blessing is coming back on this nation. God, maybe for the sake of our Christian forefathers, for the sake of the intercessors, God has seen fit that, to step in and to break the power of the principality of Europe over us so that we might rise up again and reclaim our call and destiny as a nation. And the, 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 this was only the first battle, but it was a necessary victory. And we must pray this whole thing through now because we need to make sure this process goes all the way through so that we are truly free from that principality of Europe so that we can, again, be a light to the nations. We um, have sinned by going into this ungodly alliance with the EU. Uh, which again, I say, rejects the Christian faith, rejects God in any sense from it. And we, in a sense, have repented. There's a lot more repentance that's needed, but we have repented as a nation of doing that. And God has blessed us by giving us that independence again. And we must use that independence for good. We now can, we are going to see a change in the spiritual atmosphere over this nation over the next two years. We're going to see the blessings. There will be an economic bump, but soon the blessing of God will, will show itself and manifest itself. See, another reason we are under the curse is that the EU is actually quite anti-Semitic, very anti-Semitic. And we were actually a restraint on that. We were the most pro-Israel nation in the EU, and we, we were the friendly face of the EU. We restrained the EU as far as Israel was concerned. 
um, what will happen as we pull back is Israel will become, uh, Europe will become more anti-Semitic, and we, we, as a result, we've been under that curse that comes through anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism. We can now come back under the blessing of God, and I believe we're going to see that. There's going to be a blessing of God. There's going to be an increasing revival, an increasing hopefulness in the nation, and God has chosen to bless us again. We were like Samson. We were called by God to do um, a great work in the earth as a nation, but we lost our hair. We lost our anointing because of our sin, because of unfaithfulness to God. But God, like Samson, will give us another chance. Our hair is growing back. Our freedom's growing back. We will have the strength again, the spiritual strength again, to rise up and to break free of the principalities and powers that have been ruling us. And we will, again, be able to fulfill our call, even in the short time that is remaining. That is what I believe. And therefore, this getting free from Europe was the necessary first step for us to, to break free. To, for us to fulfill our call of preaching the gospel to the nation. We must intercede. We must pray, not only for that political process to be completed, but also now that God will raise up laborers into the harvest, that God will raise up evangelists, God will raise up intercessors, that the spiritual power of God will again be released into this nation through the church, and that light will be shed to many nations. In fact, there are many prophecies that of this happening, that revival will spread from the UK to Europe and other parts of the world. That's God's will for us, but it's not going to happen automatically. We've made a good start in breaking free from the principality of Europe, but we must continue to pray as we've never done before, to break free from the spiritual powers that would stop, want to stop this, and to release the power of God for these last days. I believe Britain still has a great part to play in the end time scenario. A, a unique, God has uniquely positioned us and he wants to use us again. But we must rise up. We mustn't let our forefathers down. We must fulfill God's plan and destiny for our nation. God wants you healed. He wants you healthy and strong to fulfill his plan on the earth. And Jesus has provided healing for us on the cross, and he freely gives us healing. But we need to know about it and receive that from him. So I want to encourage you to, to get my Getting Healed book, A Guide to Receive Your Healing, and that which really takes you step by step in how you can receive healing from the Lord. And to go with that is my second book on healing, which is actually On Long Life and Youth Renewal. Live long and strong. And God doesn't just want to heal you, he wants to cause you to be healthy, to be strong, to have his life uh, sustaining you all the time. So this will build your faith in that area. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.